Welcome, 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 welcome to Inside Center News Podcast. I am Ori. My name is Ori Sabushmak. A U R Y. Sabushmak is S A B U S H I M I K E. Welcome, welcome, welcome to um, podcast that I host. Um, and uh, the purpose of this podcast uh, is to deliver news and and also give my personal um, um, take on the news that I deliver here, uh, black news and, and queer news. So that's the purpose of this podcast to deliver uh, news happening in black communities, whether it's here in America or it's in Africa or even in Asia. So I haven't, I would say, covered black news happening in Asia. I'm looking forward to it. I think we may have covered some in um, Europe. I'm not quite sure, but if I haven't, I'm going to try to really, um, really um, cover them. So uh, without further ado, let's get right to it. Uh, the first news I want to share with you guys uh, it's about um, a couple, a black queer couple. One, uh, it's a trans uh, um, uh, man, and another one, uh, she must be a. I can't remember correctly, but she, um, she may be. Um, I would say uh, bisexual or gay woman. I'm not quite sure. Uh, don't quote me on this one. Um, but I'm gonna play a video and uh, of her and her partner, uh, or him and his partner, so and you guys can you know hear what they have to say. And I'm gonna uh, give you my personal take. And the title of the article uh, it's called Erica and Ebony, uh, our love is not complicit in white system within quotation. Um, you know, she say. So I'm gonna just read you guys the article a little bit, and it seems like it's printed. You know, interview, but I'm not gonna read the uh, interview. Uh, so just. And you guys can find the article on the theroot.com. So it's a black news uh, magazine. And it start. I feel like people don't hate our love. They hate who we are. I think the world hates black people, Erica Hart said with a quotation. She and her man, Ebony Dunley, or Ebony Dunley, uh, share a love that is revolutionary. I am so used to being held just by my very existence that being in a partnership with someone in our relationship being hated. And it's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around it. Of course, you are going to hate my relationship, Erica said within quotation. Eb, as a black trans person and myself as a black queer person, a feminine uh, presenting person 
I feel like there's a hatred anywhere. So, uh, guys, to correct myself, she's a, a queer, uh, feminine person. So, uh, and it goes on. But the couple don't let the world's hate end their love. In fact, it's just, uh, I mean, it just makes them closer because, uh, as they both say, our love is not complicit in white system within quotation you may have seen Erica Hart come across your field as a body um, uh, slash positive I mean yeah yeah I think uh, no dash as a body dash positive advocate and breast dash cancer survival she often shares image and appears in spaces like Afropunk topless the image of Erica is striking, striking. Uh, guys, I apologize. I, you know, I'm really having difficulties to you know, um, really use my vocal cords because you know I'm having some allergies. So uh, appreciate for your understanding. If you guys do, uh, it's difficult to walk away from her smooth brown skin. And your eyes are drawn to her nippleses, breasts, uh, nippleses, yeah, nippleses, or just nipple breasts. Uh, basically, you know, not having anything covering her breast. Uh, Erica aims to share the realities of a woman's body that cancer tried to claim. When you look at Erica and Ebony, how could you hate lo their love? With a you know question mark, Dorut uh, went to Erica and Ebony's apartment in Brooklyn, New York, to film them in their love nest. As Erica sat in the hot seat, talking about her and Ebony's first name, making love, she mentioned having been nervous about disrupting and shop. I mean, and showing that she had no nipples. And there's you know like a printed you know uh, interview, uh, which I'm not gonna uh, really read. Um, I mean it's a short one, but I don't wanna read it. So uh, I'm gonna just continue with the article, then I'm gonna play the video for you guys. Uh, let me see. Yeah, uh, during his interview, Bonnie said when it was time for her to take her shirt off. And she was like, I don't have nipples. I'm like, okay. I don't want to take my pants off because I don't know what to do. Because I haven't had many sexual relationships with people because I have never thought they desire me within quotation. So all... I think the music is too loud, guys. Let me change the music in the background. Let me see about this one. Yeah, this one is not too bad. Okay, let's go back to where we were. So all while Erica organized over her lack of nipples, Ebony was agonizing, agonizing, agonizing uh, about disrupting too because Erica created space for Ebony to feel comfortable in this consensually sensual experience he was able to relax into it there is something that erica continues to do 
create a space for Ebony to be him. Ebony says, said, um, with a quotation, she created the conditions for the person that you see. And I'm still growing and I'm still expanding because of her. Erica Ebony are more than lovers and best friends. They work together. Ebony manage Erica's business as sexually cattle. Uh, they also have a podcast together. Hood Rat to Head Rap. That's how it's called, guys. Uh, yes, it's must listen. Let me click on the podcast link. Yeah, guys, you can really listen to the podcast. It's on uh, uh, um, SoundCloud. Guys, the reason I'm sharing uh, about this couple is this couple really seems to be an open queer couple who really wants to educate people about the queer community and what goes on in, in, in the black communities, you know. So what it's about gender, what it's about uh, sexuality, what it's about, you know. Uh, uh, basically, I think it's about just queer community, you know. What really goes on in the black community when it comes to um, uh, how black people deal with, um, you know, the queer subject, you know. In question and adjust my mic so uh, yeah and uh, there we have again the printing uh, uh, interview so I'm gonna play the video uh, for the purpose the audience uh, just wanted to hear what they have to say about it and after that I'm gonna keep sharing with you guys about what's happening in the in the black communities as well as in queer communities so guys you know uh bear with me a minute i'm gonna have to kill the um uh, the music in the background so I'm gonna try to adjust the volume so you guys can hear correctly. So as loud as enough. So the volume is almost at a hundred percent. We're on my mic. So Actually sent me a poem. 
that is about two and a half pages long, all about the way I walk. And I literally sent it to all of my friends. So it's like one of the most, I'm gonna get emotional. It's like one of the most um, beautiful things anybody has ever written about me. And we had only known each other for like two days. I felt like it was the first time anybody had ever seen me. Like they really saw like who I was. It was just so tender. And I was like, okay, come over. <laughs> this is the, like the first romance that I've ever really had. I don't necessarily subscribe to love as this thing that just happens upon you. I chose to love her. And I think that's more powerful than it happening upon me. I continue to choose Ebony because that's my friend. That's my best friend. And he is always there. He's always showing up. Cancer is something that is the gift that keeps on giving. There's no cure for it, so it doesn't go away necessarily. So I have to go to my oncologist. I have to see my plastic surgeon. And Ebony has always said, you know, I'll go with you. It's just so much. So it's nice to have to give it to someone else and they hold space for that. For someone to hold your hand in the waiting room. Erica has pretty much saved my life. If it wasn't for Erica, I would not have had the courage to come out as trans. I would not even have the language available without her to explore this identity. Without Erica, it would be separate from my identity as a black person. And now it is completely and totally one and the same, my queerness and my blackness. We say that our love is not complicit in white systems. So you guys just heard about this couple, this uh, queer uh, couple. Uh, I mean, it's a story that came out last year, but you know, for me, I thought about you know sharing, uh, resharing again because obviously, I mean, I already share here. I think um, probably my Instagram because that's where I share most of the um, uh, news. So, but. Um, trying to address my mic uh yeah basically that's i mean that's what's happening um But yeah, basically that's it, you know. So they were share, they were sharing about you know the journeys uh, of you know um, coming out and trying to find a place, you know, in queer community as well as you know in 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 open world. So I think that's that's really amazing. So 
So the second story I'm going to share with you guys is in regard with the Boeing 737 that crashed uh, in Kenyan space uh, in East Africa. So, so there's this news article about the Boeing 737, so 737 if you want. Uh, and reads, Boeing 737 marks fires... I mean, let me repeat myself. Boeing 737 Max fixes delay due to government shutdown. The Ethiopian Airlines crash that killed um, 175 people is still being investigated. But what has become clear that there is, uh, there may have been issues with the make of the plane itself. Uh, the Boeing 737 Max 8, which which also crashed in Indonesia in October last year. So, guys, let me fix my uh, music in the background. Let me play it just for the purpose of the audience. Let's see how this music sounds. Okay. I want something vibrant, you know. Uh, let me try to see if I can find some. Because all seems to be boring. No, that's too loud. Too fast. Project for that, guys. That can do. Um. <laughs> Apologize, guys. Okay, where are we? Okay. In that flight, 
Investigators determined that a faulty instrument reading forced an automatic, automatic um, safety feature within the quotation to send the plant into the sea, according to the QZ. All 189 on board the flight died. On that flight died. Um, Although the U.S. has deemed the Boeing 737 aircraft safe to fly, several countries to have grounded, uh, several countries that have grounded the fleet, including China, Ethiopia, Indonesia, and Australia, according to the QZ, Boeing said that on Monday it has been working on a new software update for the planes with U.S. officials for the past several months, within quotation and plan to release it no later than April, within quotation. What makes that especially interesting is those upgrades could have happened in January, but were delayed until next month because of engineering challenges, uh, differences of opinions within between, between federal and Boeing officials, and the 35-day governmental shutdown during which cons uh, consideration of the fixes uh, was suspended, you know, within quotation, according to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the Q QZ report reports uh, during the shutdown, the longest in the U.S. government history, VWA activities deemed crucial, including air traffic control and safety oversight. Continued. Although the workers involved were unpaid, many others, other activities were stopped after the Lion Air crashed the FWA, which with EU airline regulators generally sets the tone for aviation safety worldwide, issued new airworthiness directive uh, to U.S. operators of of the Boeing 737, 8, and 9 planes, warning that an unsafe condition within quotation exists on the models and providing uh, flight crews with runaway horizontal stabilizer trim procedures to follow under certain conditions. Blah, blah, blah. It's a long, uh, it's a long mumbo-jumbo things. Um, and then on March 14, all 157 passengers and crew perished after a I mean Ethiopian airline flight 302, a Boeing 737 Max 8 aircraft, came down six minutes after taking off from Ball Airport. Although we cannot know conclusively if the software fix could have prevented the tragedy in Ethiopia. It's probably not ever a good idea to mess with air travel or people's lives and livelihood for a fucking world that no one wants. Ah, <clears throat> uh, guys, so that's the end. Well, apparently there was some sort of upgrade, you know, uh, when the, gov uh, the government shutdown took here, um, in here in the U.S., took place so that really prevent the you know uh the timeline the, the the software was was supposed to come out 
and so that we may have contributed you know partially it may have contributed in the, the you know plane really uh, going flame you know uh, in the middle of nowhere so uh, just in the sky so rest in peace to the families so um so trying to see Guys, I apologize. My allergies are messing up with the coding. Um, so, the third story, I think we are on the third story I'm going to share with you guys. It's in, it's, uh, in regard with the recent uh, chilling scandal by white. Uh, elite societies uh, down in, in LA so in California just generally speaking in California so where uh, you had uh, celebrities you know uh, actors actress uh, men women uh, all of them together uh, you know couple white elite cup um, elite white couples uh, in California who really um, have used their money and influence to buy a way in for their children in order to enroll to this elite, you know, um, Californian schools or so, uh, like, you know, UCLA uh, and Sanford and vice versa. So like there's this article the roots they just you know come out with um and there is this white people college cheating scam is the perfect example why we need affirmative action so you guys can google the article it's on the roots.com and i just said the, the name of the article uh let me try to find a um a background music i can play with you know let's 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 hear about this one let's listen this one right. oh boy i need to find another one There's the one I was using yesterday. Seems to be good. Yeah. Okay. 
so it reads whenever people people try to tell that uh, try to tell me that affirmative action admissions policies give black people in parentheses by and by extension other non-black people of color an unfair advantage i always have to remind them that the deck is stopped against us in the first place white privilege systematic and institutionalized racism and nepotism are some of the biggest advantages that white students have when applying for college and apparently when those when those don't work their parents will spend a lot of money to flood out to cheat the system the system yeah. and so the actress Lori Lardigan, now some some quick name. I, I can understand what kind of name is that. Aunt Becky from Fuller House and Felicity Huffman, Desperate Housewives, Trans America, are among at least 50 people who have been charged in a college interest cheering scandal, according to NBC News. An FBI investigation code named Operation Vasily Blues uncovered the $25 million scam involved parents spending thousands of dollars to boost their children's chance of being accepted into the top tier schools, including Yale and Stanford, by paying people to take uh, college entrance exams on, on their children's behalf bribing exam administrators to allow the cheating to happen and bribing college administrators and athletic coaches to identify applicants as recruited athletes despite their non-athletic abilities. Both Hoffman and Lauren or Lauren, I came from a stack name are charged with conspiracy to commit mail fraud and honest services fraud. A total of 50 people, or 50 people including 33 parents and then college coaches, are charged in the plot that involves students who are seeking admission to schools such as Georgetown, Stanford University, UCLA, the University of San Diego, not San Francisco, I apologize. UCC, uh, University of Texas, uh, Wake Forest, and Yale. William Rick Singer, the founder of, uh, of a for-profit college preparation business based in Newport Beach, California, is said to be the mastermind of the scheme. Parents allege pay him between $15,000 and $75,000 per test for someone to either take the SAT or E, I mean ACT on behalf of their children or to change their ch child's incorrect answers after the student had already taken the test. Additionally, the par uh, parents reportedly paid singer uh, to bribe college coaches and administrators to designate their children as student athletes or other favored admission categories according to court documents. The, college, the colleges themselves are not targets of the investigation, and aside from the named college coaches, the schools had no part in the scam. 
guys it's a long arc I'm not gonna read the whole article uh, so basically guys that's not new I mean it, it comes back to what I usually I always share here it's it, this is why privilege you know why people use their money their influence influences because not just one in order to have the unqualified and unintelligent children uh, to these elite schools and so and they always say oh you know they are smart yada yada blah 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 but they're really not because if you're gonna use your money to um apologize um uh, get your child into this elite school and you're gonna claim in the end that you know you have an intelligent child you're really lying to yourself and you know to me all these charges and, and this fine they're gonna pay to slap in the face because they should be in jail what they did it's a fraud and fraud should be punished as for what it is because i mean i i can imagine if they were black people they were in jail already so we know how this justice system so-called you know uh so-called good justice system i would say treat black people they treat us horribly so that's not new The fourth story I'm gonna share with you guys, coming from uh, Brazil, uh, is in regard with the assassination of uh, the Afro-Brazilian council woman, uh, Maria Franco. Uh, and the news article read again: It's on the root.com. Two ex-police officers arrested in the killing of Afro-Brazilian council woman, uh, Maria. Franco, that's the title of the news article, guys. I'm gonna try to read the news article. It's not a long news article, so it's a short one. Uh, Maria Franco, a black Brazilian council woman who fought for the rights of black blacks, women, and the poor, was visually assassinated in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, uh, on March. Uh, 14th last year. Uh, now, almost a year later, Rio de Janeiro police have arrested two men uh, they believe are responsible for killing Franco and her driver, Anderson Gomes, with 14 shots. Jesus. But the public still doesn't know who ordered the assassination of Franco. At 4 a.m. local time on Tuesday, police arrested Ronnie Lessa, or Lisa, uh, 48, a retired uh, police surgeon, and Elicio Vieira de Queiroz, former military police who had been expelled from the force. The public ministry says Lessa was responsible for the shooting while Queiroz was driving the vehicle from which the shots were fired. Lessa was arrested at his condominium in Rio de Janeiro, whose Barra da Tijuca. Coincidentally, he lives in the same luxury condominium complex as Brazilian President 
Jer Bolsonaro. The investigators said there were three people in the car from which the shots were fired. According to prosecutors, the crime was within quotation meticulously planned three months before the attack. It is undisputed that Maria Francisco da Silva Franco was summarily, summarily executed because of her political actions in the defense of the causes she defended. The barbarism practiced on the night of March 14, 2018, was a blow to the democratic state of law. Within quotation, reached the official complaint against Lessa and Queiroz, and they have two mark shot of the two individuals who were arrested. Uh, since their arrests, uh, internet slot have unnerved photos of Lessa and Queiroz with President. Bolsonaro. Investigators have not confirmed any relationship between the shooters and President Bolsonaro, who never paid homage to Franco during his presidential campaign last year. As a councilwoman from the Marela Favela, Mare Favela, Franco denounced the police brutality that favela residents, most of them black, regularly experienced. Her death touched so many people that supporters organized vigils and protests in more than 20 cities across Brazil. Most of those protests were against genocide of black people in Brazil. For Afro-Brazilians, Franco proved that a black person from a favela could be educated, have dignity, and also fight against the social injustice that black Brazilians suffer from every day. For women, she proved that they could overcome sexism and machismo. Machismo, yeah, machismo or machismo and Brazil. But her death, her death is hitting Afro-Brazilian women who suffer the most from Brazil's violent, racist and sexist society the hardest. Dozen uh, of events and memorials are playing across Brazil and the world to honor um, <sighs> to honor Maria Frank on March 14th. The one year anniversaries of her assassination. So, uh, I would say this, um, guys, my take on this one um, is you know, Brazil is a country that does not respect black people, uh, they are, you know, against black ethnicity. Uh, so, um, you have these white supremacists who are hurting our brothers and sisters um, in Brazil. So it's really evident that, you know, um, the intention is really keep marginalized, marginalized, uh, I would say, because um, myself marginalized. Uh, uh, 
you know, black people. So, and they're doing everything. I think the president, president, uh, the current president of Brazil, isn't isn't complicit. You know, he may have orchestrated this murder, and you know, we'll never hear or we we'll never know uh, the full story. You know, what happened? Uh, who ordered? Who really ordered? Because you have all these minions. These were two soldiers. I mean, you know. Brazil really is going into inflection, inflation. So people are doing really bad, you know, economically. So how is it possible uh, these two individuals, one of them, who who was able to live in luxury condominium building, how is it possible? How is it possible? Uh, so we don't have these answers, you know, and we won't have it because. This is like a, an uh, inner coup, inside coup, I would say, uh, you know, that took place targeting a black leader. That's the same thing that happened here in the U.S. Uh, um, 50, 60 years ago when they killed Malcolm X, when they killed uh, um, uh, I would say Matata King and others. So they're always aiming at the top leaders who are uh, uncorruptible, like, you know, who won't take money uh, uh, and sell their people, um, won't be bad wenches, or won't be coons. So they always really, that's the same system. That's the same system, white supremacies. So white supremacies really. A real down in uh, uh, Brazil. So uh, the fifth story, uh, actually the one I just saw, uh, it came out last year. But I figured out it's in regards to Brazil, uh, why the, some Afro Brazilians uh, were willing to vote for a racist presidential candidate, like the you know uh, Jair Bolsonaro, I guess. That's his name, the president of Brazil. So, uh, the name of the article uh, it reads: um, "It's called it's compli- it's complicated." You know why some Afro-Brazilians are willing to vote for a racist presidential candidate who's calling for more police violence. So, that's the article that came uh, before he gets elected. You know, before he becomes the current president of Brazil. So I'm gonna read the article, guys. Let me see how long is the article. Uh, guys, it's a long article. But I'm gonna try to make it short. Pod, uh, I mean, pod as for now, but I'm gonna try to really make it short. Um, make it short, I would say. Last week, Joe Bolsonaro, Brazil's white, hard uh, right presidential uh, candidate, received an uns- Unexpected, unexpected American endorsement. This sounds like us, within quotations, said David Duke, an unbashed white supremacist and former Grand Duke Wizard of the Louisiana Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, Ku Klux Klan. Uh, he's a total European descendant. Uh, he looks like any white man in the U.S., in Portugal, in Spain, or Germany in France and he's talking about the demographic disaster that exists in Brazil within quotation 
Bolsonaro publicly refused the endorsement, but uh, Daniel Gomez, a Brazilian uh, living in America, know exactly what an endorsement from this American terrorist organization means. To me, the KKK re represents fear. It's the fear of what is going to happen to us, black, as black people, said Gomez, an Afro-Brazilian woman studying for her PhD at the University of Texas. Bolsonaro and the KKK are linked by their anti-blackness, racism, and white supremacy. So Bolsonaro represents the fear too. Bolsonaro is a return to the past. It's like going back to a time a machine where, I mean, machine uh, where I can see the future and the past at the same time within quotation. Uh, trying to adjust the f I mean the music in my background. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna continue. Gomez has every reason to be scared, but Sonaro wants to turn the clocks back to 50 years to a time when most black Brazilians couldn't read. Black men, a uh, black woman worked predominantly as domestic servants. Brazilians lived under a military dictatorship. dictatorship subjected to executive decrees that led to the greatest human rights abuse of the 20th century. Brazilians might elect Joe Bolsonaro, racist, fascist, white supremacist who wants to fight violence with more violence as their next president. He lives in all polls over Fernando Haddad. Um, going into Sunday's election, there is a fear that a Bolsonaro presidency will not only reverse the advances that Afro-Brazilians have achieved in the last 15 years, but also exacerbate a black genocide whose violence disproportionately affects young black men. But this fear isn't shared by all Afro-Brazilians, but at least half of the country blacks Countries black pl plan to vote for Bolsonaro because they say he promises to wrangle in Brazil's rampant crime, uh, promote family values, and, and corruption. The support for Bolsonaro is divided among blacks in Brazil. Those who self identify as Pardo, Brown, and Mixes race and Preto black, within parentheses make up more than 50% of Brazil populations of 210 million, 210 million, according to very various polls, anywhere from 30% to 40% of black in Brazil and tend to vote for Bolsonaro. So does this mean that up to half of the Brazil blacks might vote for a racist candidate? Yes, but like everything in Brazil, it's complicated. To understand Bolsonaro, rise 
One is to examine the, the previous 15 years of Brazil in Brazil, an era marked by the greatest economic and education advancement by black in the country's history. When Luis Inácio Lula da Silva became president in 2003, Brazil entered a golden decade in which its economy expanded by 50%. Okay, well, I was aware of Lula da Silva. He's one of the uh, best presidents I think Brazil has ever really, uh, uh, you know, had or experienced or seen. So. Uh, I continue. I, uh, unlike previous Brazilian governments, Lula's workers, uh, party PT in parentheses, used the extra income to expand education and eradicate extreme poverty. The government revitalized and expanded Bolsa Familia, a social welfare program that decreased extreme poverty by 50%. Fernando Haddad. Uh, then the education minister opened 14 new public universities. The Supreme Court approved racial affirmative action in federal high, higher education institutions. Domestic servants received full workers' rights by law. All of these advancements disproportionately helped Afro-Brazilians who have long struggled unsuccessfully to enter the middle and upper classes. The number of black in the 1% earning more than 3,000 uh, Brazilian dollars a month increased by 60% from 11.4% to 17.5%. Uh, Tamara Ferreira, 21, knows personally how much Lula's anti-poverty and education initiatives helped her and her family before moving to join her Martin Rio de Janeiro. Ten years ago, Ferreira lived in Maranao, Brazil's poorest state. She lived with her grandmother and aunt, who cared for five young kids. There, there was no formal employment to be had, but the family received a small monthly stipend enough to buy food as long as all the children attended school Bolsa Familia was very important for me to continue going to school Ferrara said this small amount of money helped us to survive within quotation at the time Ferrara's grandmother's house didn't even have electricity but it arrived during the Lula government. She joined her mother in Rio de Janeiro when she was 10. Her mother worked as domestic servant, so Ferreira didn't go to a private high school. While she was studying for her college entrance exam, she discovered universal affirmative action policies that gave preference to poor and slash all black students who studied at public high schools. In 2015, Ferrara gained acceptance in the State University of Rio de Janeiro, where she studies international relations. The social policies of Lula helped me as a child with food and helped me as a teenager to enter university, said Ferrara, who plans to vote for Haddad. Oh, Haddad. Uh, Boss Familia 
is only 0.05% of Brazil's uh, gross domestic product. But Ferreira's uh, story proves its impact. Guys, I apologize. Uh, you know, my allergies are really acting up. So, uh, this advancement, actually, I'm going to read the whole article. It's really fun. Um, I'm liking it. Ah, Jesus Christ. Just, uh, for some reason, the article just flipped to another website. I don't know why I pressed. Okay, I'm going to read. These advancements came at the price of corruption. PT achieved these gains through bribing politicians from opposition parties. The Masanao scandal now cost Lula his second term in 2006. This is not to be confused with 2014's Lavajaro corruption scandal. The Lavajaro uh, uh, scandal revealed that many politicians across a variety of parties uh, through a through list of all PT used Brazil state owned oil company Petrobras as their own personal bank. The economy slowed down in 2014 just as Lavajaro erupted. I was trying to fix guys my uh, music in the background uh, okay I see that the economy slowed down 2014 did I say that yeah uh, just as Lava Jaro erupted President Dilma Rousseff Lula's elected successor became the fourth person by the time she was ousted in 2016 in a soft coup uh, the PT had enjoyed 14 years as the main ruling party, but as the Brazilian economy shrank, the country's uh, bloody violence skyrocketed. 16, uh, 61,619 uh, people were murdered in 2016, in a conservative evangelical religious wave coupled with the austerity program and the interim government. Uh, push Brazil further right than the days of the dictatorship. In 2016, the United States, the United States elected the racist Donald Trump as president. Um, the election of white white populist candidate from uh, promising to, within quotation, make America great again, set the stage for the ascension of another racist populist politician, Jair Bolsonaro. Both Trump and Bolsonaro invoke a white nostalgia that terrorized black people. The good old days for whom? Question mark. In April 2017, a real Jewish sports and social club welcomed Jair Bolsonaro for a, a talk in front of 300 members while 200 people protested his presence outside. Inside Bolsonaro compared the Quilombolas 
descendants of black African slaves who live in Maroon societies to obese and lazy livestock. The lightest Afro-descendant there weighed seven Arabas for the quotation. He said using a weight measurements applied in Brazil exclusively to cattle. They do nothing. I think they are useless even for procreation within quotation. Before Bolsonaro became a candidate for president early this year, he was already notorious for his homophobic, sexist, and racist behavior. In 2018, pop star Preda Gill asked the military reservist and 28-year French politician how he would react if one of his sons fell in love with a black woman. He replied that he would not discuss promiscuity within quotation with Jill and that uh, he has no fear of black daughter-in-law because he will he raised his children right. He said that he would never enter a plane flown by a pilot nor will undergo the life of a surgeon who have benefited from affirmative action. He proclaimed that he would rather have a dead son than a gay son and even once told a fellow congresswoman that she wasn't worthy of being raped. Guys, this is crazy. But that didn't scare most socially marginalized Brazilians from voting for Bolsonaro. His public security plans for Brazil should. Last year, more than 63,000 people were murdered in the country, three times the number in the United States. Um, Brazil ranks first in the round for murders of LGBTQ people, fifth in femicide, and 74% of gun-related deaths are young, black, and male. Uh, Bolsonaro has publicly stated, within quotation, I will give the police card blanche to kill. Uh, let's clog up the, pri the prisons with criminals and police that kill thugs will be decorated, like some sort of decoration, within quotation. So instead of using two-fingered peace sign, Bolsonaro and his followers use their hands to mimic the shooting of a machine gun. Bolsonaro wants to give police forces to freedom the freedom to kill and with without suffering any consequences. Like the United States, there is no hard data on police killings, though it's estimated the police in Brazil killed more than 5,000 people last year. Guys, I'm gonna replay, uh, it's almost an hour, and I'm gonna make another record session, but I'm gonna uh, publish this one uh, recording. I'm back still uploading though to my library um, anyway this is the second recording second part of my podcast segment of today uh, 
uh, I'm almost done with the article though. It's a, it's a very interesting article. Actually, I'm gonna make one day um, a podcast segment only on Brazilian, Afro-Brazilian, Brazilian blacks, on Afro-Brazilians. So I want not just to educate myself, but also educate the audience. So... Um, so where were we? Uh, we ended when uh, I was reading about how many black people have been killed uh, by the Brazilian police. It's about more than 5,000 people right, last year. So um, in, within quotation, this means that a police can enter a favela Kill whoever he wants. I was adjusting my mic. Apologize. Uh, allege that is uh, that it, it was a confrontation in which he had to murder 10, 15, 20 people. Said um, Vitor Kof Del Rey, an activist in Rio de Janeiro. This will victimize even more of the black population who is already the preferred target of the police, within quotation. Gun control laws prevent the average citizen from owning firearms. So Bolsonaro also wants to make it easier for good citizens, within quotation, to carry. His fight violence with more violence, within quotation, campaign stance, uh, has, attracted, uh, to sub has attracted to support uh, the support of um, Brazilians throughout the country who feel that they can't protect themselves. Brazilians are already suffering the consequences of Bolsonaro's hate for discourse and punishment for violence. Since October 1st, supporters of Bolsonaro have committed more than 100 attacks across the country. Uh, Mestre Moado Kande, a Capoeira master and advocate for Afro-Brazilians was stabbed to death on October 7th after saying he would not support the hard-right candidate for President Jair Bolsonaro or Bolsonaro. A man beat a transsexual woman in the suburbs of Rio de Janeiro. Students in Sao Paulo or Sao Paulo mocked a black professor with racial epithets and drew a swastika on the school. Dressed in obligatory uh, uniform of yellow and green shirts, thousands of Bolsonaro supporters flocked to Rio de Janeiro's Copacabana Beach last Sunday for one last uh, rally before election day, October 28th. Attendees shouted chants against corruption and rampant violence while black street vendors not only sold Brazilian flags but also blue and yellow t-shirts in bosom with Bolsonaro's image. Um, soundtracks blasted Brazilian country music as well as clean within quotation funk songs. The smart talk gel 
ex-president Lula and his workers party. Most of the crowd was visibly white, but there were some Afro-Brazilians. They, as expected, were just as animated as their um, white counterpart. And there's this Afro-Brazilians, you know, taking a photo and behind it, there's uh, like uh, people marching with flags, uh, Brazilian flags. Um, with her blue hair, yellow booty shorts, and green tank top, Giselle Santana looked stylish standing on the side of the rally, but as a dark-skinned black woman, she also stood out against the power Brazilians who dominated the scene. Within quotation, I support Bolsonaro because he has a clean record, says Santana, who's a technical nurse. Yes, three days prior, a massive slush Found scandal had rocked the Bolsonaro campaign, revealing that private companies were illegally financing WhatsApp fake news operation, estimated to be worth three or to four times the, the, ta- the crimes for which Lula remains jailed. Santana continued to puzzle, announcing that she had sent her daughter to a good private school and, and who didn't need affirmative actions to get admitted into the state university of Rio de Janeiro. When probed as to why she would support a candidate who has said such egregious things about black, she brushed it off. I don't think it's the case that he doesn't like black people, she said, but I still support him because I think it's a personal choice of his to not like black people, within quotation. Um... Nicolas Silva watched the rally with his friends as he wrapped in massive Brazilian flag. Silva lives in the suburbs of Rio de Janeiro when, when he finishes uh, high school, when he will finish high school, obviously. He plans to enter the army. As a 17-year-old, he has the right to vote in Brazil, though it isn't yet mandatory. Bolsonaro has never been imprisoned like other corrupt politicians. I know that he's an honest person, Silva said within the quotation. The 13 years of pity destroyed Brazil. If we get rid of these people, Brazil can breathe. Bolsonaro is the only person um, He's the only person that can bring us out this period within quotation. Silva also defended Bolsonaro against claims of racism. His brother-in-law, Helio, the big black guy, was elected to Congress with the most vote in the state of Rio de Janeiro. Helio is totally a friend of his, Silva said, and as for the black population, I don't see them protesting his racism. Uh, I'm almost done, guys. Uh, maybe I should end here. Let me end here, though. I have other news to share with you guys. Uh, let me kill the um, audio in the background. So, guys, um, you know, so some of you may wonder why would they support him. Uh, obviously, uh, this story is very similar to what has happened 
what had happened in the past year in the U.S. when um, some black people decided to choose uh, to vote for Donald J. Trump um, a few years ago here in the U.S. because they judge um, Hillary. They saw Hillary as the definition of what the Clinton had done in 1990s to black people when he um, um, uh, um, came with this um, um, system of get half on crime uh, like uh, two strikes and you know two strike and you're out oh so that really resonated with black people and they say you know what we cannot vote for it or you know her husband is responsible for uh this chaos within the prison system in the u.s so he had made things worse in the 19, uh, 1990s and he never apologized for it. uh so so some people choose Donald trump and that's the same thing I think that happened in Brazil. So they chose uh, this president, let me get his name correct, Jair Bolsonaro, because, you know, he was not corrupt and he came from a wealthy background. So that's why they did choose him. That's why they voted for him. And as for those that were mentioned in this news article, so obviously, you know there are some coons you know there are some black people who really get it in position of wealth in position of upper middle class and they really forget what they came from and they're not really uh or they stop seeing themselves as black you know who are marginalized same way you know with the black upper middle class in the US. some really don't see the police brutality as a and an institution of racism a weapon that has been used against black people so yeah that's the same thing that's happening uh there in uh down in brazil to our brothers and sisters afro brazilians so the sixth story i'm gonna share with you guys i'm gonna try to record an hour so we are on 11 minutes and 11 seconds and I'm going to try to record an hour and I'm going to wrap it up and I'm going to, you know, um, post it. So I'm going to put online. So basically, the sixth story, uh, it has to do with um, Miss Michelle Obama. Uh, so the former um, first lady. Uh, and it's an article about her. Uh, high school I'm a mother having um, paying or paying a marriage or having a an athletic, an athletic complex in her name so the news article about this story it reads it's called thanks to her high school I'm a mother now we now have an athletic 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 I struggle with pronouncing this word for some reason. A complex named after Michelle Obama. So I'm going to try to read the article. It's very short, I promise. On the heels of a New York Times best selling book, coupled with a promotion, 
no, uh, tool that somehow sold out stadium after stadium throughout Trump's America, Michelle Obama is returning to her roots of sorts, or at least her namesake, because on Thursday came the announcement that her high school Amara Whitney M. Young Magnet High School will be naming its new athletic center after her. The Chicago Tribune has the school. The new athletic complex, a project that Kenner said has been about 10 years in the making, will have a running track and a field where students can play baseball, softball, lacrosse, soccer, and football. The outdoor complex will also have two scoreboards, a water fountain, artificial turf, searing and lights. The 14.3 million complex was founded with tax increment financing assistance, according to a 2017 news release from the Chicago Department of Planning and Development. The new running track in particular will make a difference to the student. Our kids have been running on the concrete for 44 years, within quotation, Kenna said. The student who run to Willis Tower and back. Now they will have a track in which they can practice their running, their hurling, and have contested a contest on the field. Apologize. Principal, Principal Joyce Kenner has found members of Michelle's reaction when she was informed of the amazing news. Within quotation, she has she just had the biggest smile on her face. I think she was just shocked that we had even thought of her. Kenner said, honestly, getting an opportunity to be in her present twice, I didn't realize how humble she was. She really was. She really is, uh, I guess. The complex is expected to complete by May. When people drive by and see the sign of the field, they will always remember her contribution and her husband's contribution to our world. Can I say? So I guess it's an amazing news, guys. Miss um, Obama is going to have in her name uh, engraved at her former high, sc- high school, you know, uh, down in Chicago. Uh, so it's an amazing news um, so let's see what the news I can share with you guys okay that's really interesting I think Root, Root magazine makes uh, oh, over some amazing news article so there's this article about HIV affecting black people um, uh, and then title of the article uh, it's called what does the new HIV within quotation Q mean for black people with a question mark in the end so and there's this photo of a woman testing with her, her testing device device at the soft broken health center so for those taken February 7 2006 in New York City so I'm going to read you the article. It's a short one, too. Um, just days ago, there was explosive, positive news on the HIV slash AIDS front. 
Doctors confirmed that another person has been cured of HIV. Only the second time this has happened since the virus reared its ugly head more than 37 years ago. Although researchers are officially calling the event long-term remission within parentheses, I mean within quotation, I apologize. The London patient, as he's known, has been in remission for a year and a half. It is indeed a, thri- a thrilling breakthrough, especially since the Berlin patient, within quotation, now identified as Timothy Brown, was cured using a similar transplant more than a decade ago. The LA Times reports on the specifics of the case, which involved a bone marrow transplant to treat uh, comorbid cancer called Dash Morbid Cancer. So, if you guys don't know how to uh, write it or don't know how to spell it, how I mean, uh, comorbid cancer. The London patient infected with HIV and suffering from. Hodgkin lymphoma, um, Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, received bone marrow cells from a donor who had a malfunctioning CCR5 gene as part of his can- his cancer treatment. Let me drink some water. The gene is known to create a protein that is crucial for HIV to invade blood cells. Braun has also received a transplant with the functioning CCR5 genes. A second cell of Boston patient within quotation who received stem cells transplant with functioning CCR5 genes also experienced marked reduction reductions in the reservoir of HIV in their cells and were able to go without treatment for months, showing that the transplant itself played a role in knocking back the virus. But their temporary results also suggested that the aberrant gene was necessary for a substantial cure. Despite efforts to replicate the remarkable Berlin results, researchers had failed for a decade in part because the possibility of doing such transplants is rare. I think it's a really, really exciting breakthrough to be able to finally replicate the first known cure uh, running a comp Copeland, president and CEO of the Black Aid Institute, told the root, it doesn't mean a cure for all tomorrow, but it does mean we are closer than we have ever been before, within parentheses. Copeland, 34 years old, newly minted head of BAI, she took the post on January 1st, within parentheses, also cautions that the true end of HIV, especially for black folks, uh, still lay with prevention and accessing the tools that have been developed in the last three decades. Black communities in particular, which are still being infected and dying at a widely disproportionate rates, 
need to utilize the resources already available which have taken HIV from a deadly to a chronic disease. So we already have all these amazing tools that could theoretically end HIV, not Copeland. We have this amazing technology where we are able to identify when new HIV cases are happening. We have pre-exposure prophylaxis or PREP, the one I was telling yesterday, guys. Uh, so when people are HIV negative, they are able to take a deadly pill and stop acquisition. But we still have HIV infections within parentheses. I am gonna save this news article because it's an amazing news article. Guys, okay. Continue. By the way, she's very, 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 very beautiful, guys. She could see her photo. Oh boy. We now, we know now that black people don't achieve virus suppression in the way our uh, other counterparts do so. We have to make sure that we do other work to ensure that the communities that we need that need these resources are receiving them. Copeland continues. This is not the end, but it's an important step in getting there. Within quotation, we know that the billion uh, patient within quotation and the London patient within quotation received their stem cell transplant from a donor of Northern European descent within aberrant CCR5 gene. Copeland says she doesn't think it necessarily per se means a lot it means a whole lot in terms of science of a cure but does not underscore the black force uh, need to be involved in clinical research uh, within, within quotation we have to be engaged so that when breakthrough are happening we can see them in our community as well there is this one kind of trait and a certain receptor that is found in the real line of descent confirms Copeland. So that's important that we know that different genetic differences, a mutation that happened. And I think that what it means is that it's really important that people who are heavily impacted by HIV are taking part in the clinical trials. And in research so that we can see what this means for all communities. In the meantime, Copeland stresses uh, stresses that we need to hold the feet of those who hold the keys to research funds to the fire, including President Donald Trump, who announced in his most recent State of the Union that he was putting forth a stra strategy to end HIV in the U.S. in 10 years. We are excited to hear that folks are listening to the science. We, are, we have been saying that we can end HIV for years now, so now we're excited that there is some support around that, Copeland say, but that means we can't give up. We can't give up, particularly when it comes to research. We have to ensure that there is an important and critical funding for HIV research that we can find a cure or a 
vaccine. Guys, and that's the end of this arc. Oh, boy. I am exhausted. Whew. Wow. An hour record. And I also had a long day. Uh, guys, uh, my take on this one, it, you know, it's a great news. And I'm also happy that there is this amazing lady, you know, that, you know, really investing herself with uh, her institution, the Black Aid Institute. Uh, let me Google this institute for black people who are fighting, you know, trying to raise awareness. Um, regarding the AIDS affecting black people. So basically the Black AIDS Institute, um, formerly known as the African American AIDS Policy Training Institute, is a nonprofit charitable organization founded in 1999 by Phil Wilson to promote awareness and prevent the spread of HIV and AIDS by targeting African American communities. Wow, it's it's interesting though. Um Wow, this is amazing. Uh I think one day I'm gonna go to this place and you know interview some folks. Uh, or maybe do like a video interview uh, um, using Zoom app, uh, the Zoom app. So again, that's something in the future. So uh, let's see. Um, Actually, I'm gonna try to subscribe to the news feed so I can get updated every single time they um, post an article or they produce an article, anything in regard to what they do. So, um, actually, let me see. let me use my instead of using my personal. Um, email account, I'm going to use the Inside Center News uh, Gmail account. Inside, uh, I'm trying to get on the top of what's happening, guys. Inside Center News, uh, what's happening now, community guys, communities, I would say, because we have a lot of black communities around the globe, so yeah. Uh, yeah, so bear with me. I'm gonna try to fill out uh, the um, newsletter um, uh, form, online form. I'll be there. I'll be with you guys in short, in short minutes. Meanwhile, I'm gonna play some. Uh, music in the background.
so you won't be bored. So guys, I am back. Uh, I was gonna say oh, I'm gonna be back, but I'm back. So for that, um, oh, that's for that. So yeah, um, I am really, really back. So um, again, like you just heard, there been some development when it comes to you know combating HIV and AIDS in black communities and so I just subscribed to their website you know so I'm gonna try to stay on the top of the news with you know what they're reporting and I'm gonna keep sharing with you guys so because they were gonna keep you know sending me this newsletter in my um, 
gmail account inside center news podcast at gmail.com so you guys can email me if you guys have questions I'll, I'll, I'll you know love to respond I will really gonna respond I'm gonna respond to you guys so don't hesitate to reach out to me so I would say the seventh story I can share with you guys or that last story we'll see if the time is with us so because I wanna wrap it up with uh, an hour recording today so it is with uh, a Chicago cop uh, who was allegedly uh, punished for refusing to cover up shooting of unarmed teen. So again, unarmed black teen. I don't know why they say unarmed teen, but we will find out once I read the article with you guys and also a small video. So that's interesting. I think that could be the last um, news article that I'll be sharing with you guys, but we'll see if our time is with us. Uh, and yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Okay, the news article, it's called The uh, Chicago Cub Says Department uh, Punish Him for Refusing to Cover Up Shooting of Unarmed Teen. Uh, a Chicago police officer charged with investigating the police shooting of a mentally disabled unarmed teen has filed a federal lawsuit saying his superiors retaliated against him after he refused to falsify records and lie about the shooting. Uh, in a federal lawsuit filed Monday, uh, Surgeon uh, Isaac Lambert, who has been with the Chicago Police Department for a quarter of a century, says he was demoted from detective to patrol cop as punishment for refusing to cover for the police officer who shot 18-year-old Ricardo Ricky with a quotation Hayes in 2017 according to the Chicago Tribune. The details of the case made publicly by the Chicago Civilian Office of Police Accountability, COPA, within parentheses, reveals huge discrepancies in the police narrative and what really ha- happened that night. Uh, Isaac Lambert became a Chicago police uh, officer in 1994 and was promoted to detective in 2006. Uh, in 2016, he was named Detective Surgeon of Area South. Um, doing something, guys. Give me a minute. <clears throat> Will we? Uh, yeah, became a uh, Isaac Lambert became a Chicago Police Office in 1994 and was promoted to Detective in 2006. Uh, in 2016, he was named Detective Surgeon of Area South, essentially making Lambert a supervising area, the Sun Times reports. Since joining the force, Lambert has received some of the city's highest police honors, including the Carter 
uh, Horizon Award and the Superintendent's Award of Valor, both which uh, are awarded to cops who display valor, uh, bravery in the quotation, and heroism. Uh, yeah, the music background is not too bad. So I was going to change it, but anyway. Um, in the early hours of August 13th, 2017, Ricky Hayes, who is said to have profound intellectual and development disabilities within quotation, within quotation was reported missing two hours later. Chicago police officer Khalil Muhammad, who was not on the duty and not in market car, was driving home when he spotted highest skipping and running within quotation through the neighborhood, NBC Miami reports. So just to be safe, Muhammad opened fire on the teenager. When Muhammad called 911, uh, within parentheses, remember, he was not on the jury or in the police car. He told the operator, um, the guy pulled like he was about to pull a gun on me, uh, walked up, walked up, up to the car, and I, I had to shoot. However, when the police officer arrived at the station, Lambert claims Muhammad was not able to provide a co coherent or believable explanation for why he shot Ricardo, within parentheses. Lambert was put in charge of investigating the case when Hayes was released from the hospital with gunshots to the arm and chest. The federal lawsuit says the detective wanted Lambert to change the, to charge the teen with aggravated assault because Muhammad was now alleging that Hayes threatened him despite the fact Hayes reported functions at the cognitive level of a child. Uh, has difficulty communicating, looks much younger than his age, and his disabilities are immediately recognizable. Knowing this, Lambert refused to charge Hayes and ordered the teen immediately uh, released to his family. In September 2018, someone submitted an open request, request for the case. CPD, the Chicago Police Department, you know, all, all the words, um, delay releasing any information claiming that they needed to check on how to handle this situation because highest was a ward of the state. Plus, they needed to check with highest guardians and their computers were down, but they promised they were looking into it. Then they ran out of printer ink. Then the person who ends up handling, um, Things was on vacation, but the real reason the CPD was stalling was even more ridiculous. No one had ever written a report on the shooting. So here later, Lambert's bosses ordered him and another detective to write a report. But when he submitted in October 2018, his superiors wanted him to list Mohamed Kabusha and Arnon, the developmentally disabled teen as the victim within quotation and to clarify the incident as an assault on an officer, they figured out they could get away with the lie because there was no video body cam footage. Still, Lambert refused. Then the video went public. In October, COPA, 
who uh, was now investigating the incident will surveillance video I mean video footage taken by a home nearby the treatment reports I'm gonna play the video in short minutes guys I'm gonna just finish the article then I'm gonna play the video then I will give you my personal comment and uh, on a personal note I may um, guys give you a seven article which will contribute to uh, um, which will be the last article guys I meant uh, so someone just texted me I'm gonna respond uh, it's very important give me a minute bear with me President Obama uh, not be able to kill racism uh, while he was president. So uh, let me finish with this uh, article, and I'm gonna, you know, I mean, by reading the article and you know, playing the video, and also giving you my personal um, take. So um, after that, I'm gonna, you know, do the article in regard with Obama. So. So, uh, continue. Uh, Servant's video from the front porch of a resident shows Hayes running as a vehicle apparently driven by Muhammad follows him. Hayes stops and stands on sidewalk in front of a home as the vehicle approaches. Approach. Uh, Hayes takes several steps on the sidewalk before two gunshots from the vehicle can be heard on video. Hayes runs out of frame and the officer that identifies Muhammad exits the vehicle. Lambert's, Lambert approved the final draft of the report on February 14, 2019 and it was accepted by Lambert's superiors. On February 19th, with the explanation, Lambert was informed that high-ranking officers had declined to demote him and he will return to the patrol division. The lawsuit fell under the Whistleblowers Protection Act, says Lambert's removal from detective division was because he refused to participate in an effort to cover up the illegal conduct of Muhammad towards Hayes and because he refused to falsify police reports uh, in order to m- m- me characterize, uh, mischaracterize a police shooting, the removal of Lambert from the detective division was an act of retaliation within protection. Aside from unspecified damage, Lambert's lumber, uh, she won, uh, is seeking the crazier compensations package ever. He wants to be a Chicago Police Department detective again, which also like, uh, which is almost like suing a restaurant for food poisoning and asking them to compensate you with free meals. 
But like my grandmother used to say, judgment by the company keeps within quotation. Unless he's a Chicago police officer, in which case you should stop judging and run like hell before he shoots you dead, within quotation. Ricky Hayes has filed a federal lawsuit against the police Chicago Police Department. Isaac Lambert is still a Chicago police officer. Kaleem Muhammad is still a police officer. That's the end of this news article. So I'm going to play the, uh, you know, video uh, after this music background ends. And I'm going to give you my personal take after that. So stay tuned. So guys, I thought it would be some um, audios after, but there's nothing, just video footage of 24 seconds, you know. Uh, anyway, guys, my take on this one is this, is, you know, uh, I do have a few questions in regard to this officer. Why, um, in the beginning, he really um, never produced the truth or never said that uh the officer muhammad was strong and uh you know uh went against the policies within uh you know police department uh so it's just later on that he tried to correct himself so M mr lambert the officer who filed this so-called uh truth for a report um, really lied in the first place, and in the end, he started to correct himself. So he should be held accountable in the you know just to start you know uh, this conversation. And second, uh, if he really wants this position back, you know he broke some policies too because he he lied, you know, uh, and it's just that on that when you know a um in organizations uh you know who holds accountable police officers ask for a police report that he tried to really correct himself so that really means that he deserve to go back to his you know uh previous uh, occupation hmm. I will highly doubt that because he cannot be trusted. And that's my take on Mr. Lambert, you know, the officer Lambert, who was a detective, a lead detective or supervisor. So if you want to call it. Um, and for Mr. Muhammad, in regard to that, for what he did, it was post brutality. Uh, let's call for what it is. I wish they could show us the photo of the teen or the 
you know, police officer, obviously his name sound like Mark, and he may be Arabic, or he may be a Muslim, black, uh, who knows. Um, so, obviously he did what he did was post brutality and should be held accountable for what he did, but we both know he will not be held accountable because we know how police officers will operate, and we know that they're really um, protected, you know, so by you know the police department they are part of it so it's against institutional racist weapon they use against us uh yeah that's my take on this one and the last story it's about mr president obama i think yeah and actually it's just been it was just published 28 minutes ago so almost an hour and it reads why obama did not kill white supremacy uh explain it's an article i'm gonna read it's a really short one uh, if you want i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna have to add another recording uh, another recording session i mean it's one just session it's one podcast segment but with two or three you know uh recording sessions so because i'm almost 50 minutes and it's 49 49 seconds 49 minutes 49 seconds so i'm gonna try to read it i'm gonna i'm also gonna have to add another record so anyway and i'm gonna try to read again the title of the news article it's called why obama did not kill why supremacy expired for all their faults there is only one thing both neutral conservatives and super progressive black radicals can both agree on. Obama made America worse. Right wingers will attest that Obama did not do as much for black America as their great purveyor of equality and tolerance. Donald Trump. Aside from the fact that Obama didn't put on a bulletproof vest and personally stop bullets in San Francisco, they claim that Obama stalked racism by talking about it all the time. Similarly, whenever the subject of 44th president uh, arrives, Tavis Smiley, polysyllabic, know, know it all who present contrarianism as intelligence and people who think hidden colors should be the six, seventh, 67th book of the Bible we eagerly explain how Barack Obama didn't do anything for black people uh, and there is a uh, like This article about Obama not doing anything for black people and it was published uh, by Telegraph back in 2015 so it's almost four years ago back in August 2015 almost four years ago uh, let's go back to Mr. Obama I had to open the article just to look what they were, they were trying to say about it so um, yeah. 
on Sunday's airing of Meet the Press, the masquerade for modern mediocrity, masking as objectivity, Chuck Todd reintroduced this topic to 2020 presidential hopeful to Beryl Oruk. You're not the first candidate to say I'm going to bring this country together, Todd asked Oruk, the most recent Democratic president. A lot of people put their hope in and uh, thought he was the answer that was going to do that. Why do you think that didn't happen in Obama's eight years with a question mark in the end, with a quotation, asked Chuck Todd. According to these people, Barack Thanos, with a quotation, Obama uh, was apparently supposed to make America's uh, ideological divide disintegrate if he was if he were there in some other movie after gathering all the white supremacy stones to explain his failure, they usually said some of the following facts. 25% of black households now live below the poverty line as compared to 8% for white household. Second, the black unemployment gap was twice the white unemployment rate under the Obama. Third, black wealth actually declined under Obama. Fourth, Trump has the black unemployment rate and all the time uh, and all the time below. And fifth, what about the violence in Chicago? Notwithstanding that the question in and of itself displays an ignorance of how the presidency history and the federal government works, let's ex examine why Obama didn't bring the country together to sing lift every voice and sink while destroying 400 years of racism in his two terms within quotation obama wasn't that guy with we like to think of obama as the all grain singing president who do hang out with jones and kustian in rhythm while doing the kick turn pub electric side slide i mean the right Things of him as a radical social Muslim who played the race card at every instance. But in truth, Obama was a moderate who made himself uh, palatable enough to white folks to become president. He was he wasn't more Martin than Malcolm. He wasn't even Martin. Um, was like he was more like well a white man. That's why people voted for him. Why people could see themselves in him, and whenever the notion of him being too black raised itself, Obama uh, assuaged white people's hand wringing and pearl clenching by assuring them he was one of the good ones. When Reverend Jeremiah Wright's um, liberation gospel, uh, when quotation became an, an issue, Obama distanced himself from his former pastor by calling the reverend comments not only wrong but divisive within quotation throughout his presidency obama nev never gave his supporters or his detractors any indication that he was anything other than a centrist politician he tucks his shirt into his jogging pants when he played basketball for christ's sake that guy could never become President. If Obama was a radical enough to change America in any meaningful way for black America, he would have never been uh, a two-term president. 
Donald Trump can out outwardly tout his policy that benefit his wife's base because there are so many white people. But if Barack Obama would have given why America do hebis jibis by bringing up reparation or anything black, he would have been kicked to the curb faster than the rent is too damn high guy within quotation. Barack Obama couldn't bring America to do better understanding of the race um to better understanding of race because America not even the rebels who reflect themselves as allies doesn't want to talk about the race shit within quotation. Current presidential front runner Bernie Sanders caused his con of safety pin wearers by painting the country's racial disparities as a product of economics inequality as to rent is too damn high. Newsflash, America is kind of racist. There's a popular saying, when America catches a cold, black America gets the flu, within quotation. During the Great Recession, as the entire country experienced an economic downturn, Black people were hit the hardest, holding Obama responsible for these inequities is not only incorrect, but it gives a pass to the historic anti-black policy that created these disparities in the first place. Hmm? I disagree, guys. I remember all those previous mentioned st statistics. statistics. Uh, well, here's the truth. Even first, even at its historic low, the black unemployment rate is still twice the white unemployment rate. It has always been this way. Second, it's true that black wealth decreased under Obama. So did white wealth. So did Hispanic wealth. That's how recession worked. Third, under Obama, urban crime and violent crime was at an all-time low. They still are. Fourth, the white gap, the wage gap, I mean, uh, between black and white men has been the same since 1980s. Obama didn't create it. No, can he eliminate uh, it? He actually did some things for black America. Aside from universal healthcare and digging the American economy out of the grave that George Bush dug, Obama actually quietly implemented structural change that benefit black people. Uh, first, Obama Justice Department sued West Fargo, Bank of America, and some of the country's largest financial institutions for discrimination against black and minority customers. Second, the DOG civil, uh, the DOG's Civil Rights Division sent their colleague within quotation letters threatening to sue school, accused of punishing black students more harshly and, in, and denying minority children access to programs. Third, under Obama, the Education and Justice Department issued guidance to college, prompting them to increase diversity in the admission process. Uh, fourth, Obama investigated more police department for misconduct and civil rights violation and issued more federal constant decrease on police department than any other
Oh guys, let me put myself in uh, the last line um, that was reading you guys. Um, let me repeat this section. Um, Obama investigate more police department for misconduct and civil rights violation and issued more federal consent decrees on police departments than any other president. Uh, let me read that one. That's interesting. I didn't know, guys. Um, he cut or eliminate prison sentence for 1,385 federal prisoners, the majority of whom were nonviolent drug offenders. Uh, gosh, I missed reading, you know. Uh, he, uh, so one, two, three, four, five. Okay, we're on six point six thing um six things uh so far obama did and no other president did it or done it uh he discouraged the use of mandatory minimums um let me try to open that see what they had to say so that's interesting he did a lot of things and seventh so that's the seventh thing he did i mean the only seven things he did no other person has ever done or will ever uh do it he investigated lenders who led to minority owned businesses wow that's interesting never heard about this one It's hard to dismantle white supremacy. Two years into his presidency, the Republicans broadcast a, within quotation, block Obama at all costs strategy according to a political who wrote. Here's John Bowman, Bonner, the likely speaker um, if Republicans uh, take the White House, offering his plans for Obama's agenda. We are going to do everything, and I mean everything we can do to kill, stop it, slow down, whatever we can. Here's John, John's, um, John Bonner, the likely speaker if Republican take the White House offering, blah, blah, blah. That's the same thing. Uh, scenario, uh, Senate minority leader Mitch McConnell uh, summed his plan to National Journal. The single most important thing we can to achieve is for President Obama to be a one-term president. Uh, he wrote, the GOP strategy was to fool uh, the white working, uh, was to fool, apologize, uh, the white working class that it, the uh, universal health care was socialism within quotation, Muslim were taking over the country and that the Negro president was giving away their hard and dollars to black and brown people plus elimin eliminating racism is hard. How else would white second rate C student with no 
original news or inside get jobs like hosting meet the press or president of the United States less at this we forget and he meant at least forget because he would less forget and what that is so he made it it's fine the White House the Senate the Supreme Court 95% of governorships the majority of state legislatures and almost every seat of power in America are all occupied by Caucasian bootlocks the reason black Obama the reason Barack Obama I meant did not eliminate white supremacies in America it's simple white supremacies is the most American thing of all so uh, obviously uh, somehow he's right you know uh, the editorial person who wrote this or the person who wrote this Michael Harriet uh, he's right um, I would say this um, Well, Obama did a few things uh, that no one, or most of the things, a lot of presidents will never do it, or never did it, or possibly will never uh, do it, because they're not interested in black people um, being treated fairly in a human policy, um, because they want to see us black people suffering. Yeah, that's the first thing we all should understand and second look obama really was raised by a white couple in a segregate time but it was still segregate you know he was born in 1960s uh, i believe yeah it was still segregate america was still segregate somehow uh, so i mean it was still segregate let's not just say somehow it was still segregate america was segregate for a number of years, you know, more than four centuries, it was segregated, and somehow still segregated, you know, maybe it's a modern segregation, that's how we will call it, but, and uh, America, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm trying to say that um, Obama did not really understand black issue, you know, when he was elected, you know, that's why we see the disconnection between him and the black suffering and, and and also the black rage when you saw these white supremacists were killing us black people in the street even the homes uh, uh, there's even a big uh, an amazing book uh, about black people being killed why they'll be in homes uh, why they'll be in, in their own place you know um let me try to find the book um, I think it's called a coon continuity uh, uh, of the new Jim Crow book. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the book. Uh, hmm. 
it's a book that is similar to the new Jim Crow. Uh, I think his name is Dominic. Um, uh, can't remember. Uh, jazz. I'm trying to find the book. I can't remember how it's called, guys. Yes, it's called The Thinking uh, Incarceration. In the book, The Thinking Incarceration, Advocating for Justice That Restores, and it's available on Amazon, uh, the book really uh, details uh, uh, the uh, complicit um, behavior between black churches and the um, uh, um, justice system, obviously the politicians, uh, the, 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 the criminal justice, uh, uh, the prosecutors, the police departments, and how black churches have really uh, been complicit of allowing this behavior to take place, you know, in the beginning probably not today but in the beginning um so in the book actually i should buy another copy because i lost the other copy i mean i have uh, the um online copy but i want to buy the paperback copy because i love to you know read things you know uh more like in you know, old school way so uh, and to go back to what I was telling you, in this book, uh, Dominique Dubois-Gillard, a Chicago and I believe guy, um, really tells this story about this um, Georgian woman who was shot and dead, shot and killed uh, by a um, so-called fake call, you know, fake 911 call, um, of, you know, that somehow there were some drugs in the uh, apartment, in the house that was, you know, occupied by these 60s um, uh, old black woman. So what happened was these cops received an anonymous call that there was some drug operation taking place in this home that was granted or owned by this black woman in her mid 60s or late 60s so what happened i think some da agents busted the door and opened the fire you know they opened fire without any uh proof that there was some drug operations were these agents charged no they're still practicing uh uh, you know, you know, what they do, they still work for the DA, they still practice their rights to bear arms as agents, they still do, uh, so there were no convictions, no, there were no judicial convictions, there may have been some financial um, settlement, you know, between the family and, um, and the, the DA, 
comment but again this this was a body that was taken you know without any um, I would say um, reason to so again so my point here is this is I'm kind of exhausted I apologize um, Obama does not understand black issues and I don't think he will because he was never accustomed to these issues and he never surrendered in his life with the people who has really experienced these issues so he's still disconnected uh, beside his wife I don't see anyone else or publicly uh, per se publicly I don't know anyone who really can really help him understand this issue so he was elected as someone who uh, did associate you know or did felt the black issues as a white um, uneducated uh, person on these black issues so that's what the rest white you see every time they were asking because I remember when I came in America there was this uh, question that was asked him uh, in regard to Michael Brown when he was killed by uh, Darren Wilson, the white supremacy officer who used to work for the uh, Ferguson Police Department uh, down in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, uh, and he was always trying to deflect on the relations with all people of color, blah, blah, blah. You know, they should not summarize police brutality with in this keyword person of color they should say this is a institutional uh, you know racist weapon that this government this uh, local and federal government have been using uh, to suppress to suppress black people in the in the United States of America so personally speaking I think we should take this uh, judicial cases to ICC because um, as far as I'm concerned um, we don't have um, any hope when it comes to justice uh, black people we don't and the justice department uh, the justice uh, the justice system is not treating us fairly they're not treating us fairly they don't want to transfer so we should take these cases to ICC court because the federal uh, justice system has failed to protect us has failed to bring justice has failed to prosecute these officers you know uh, over 97 or 8 or even 99 percent of the police of white police officers or black police officers who kill non-black people they don't get convicted. They don't get prosecuted to the full extent of the law. They don't. They just slap in the face. They get fired from uh, their own police department and they get hired in another. And the same thing keeps happening, you know. So it won't be the first, it won't be the last. So I think, personally speaking, as uh, the film producer and best selling author, Turk Nashid, said, you know. Uh, when he was uh, um, uh, a 
apparently he's on documentary then cause three uh the rules of racism he said that we should take this um you know concern to icc because these white jurors these jurors are white supremacists too they uh, always are not in favor of uh, fair justice they always are trying to cover these police officers and the judge are the same the police department are the same so yeah that's my take on this one guys thank you for tuning in i'm gonna play some audio to end um apologize to take it so long but it is what it is i like to record for long as much as i can and thank you for tuning in appreciate it's just an hour and 20 minutes recording i uh, appreciate uh, again my name is ori sabushi mike um Ori A U R Y A U R and Y so Bush Mike S A U B S H I M I K E and I'm a host of this podcast inside Center News Podcast airing on Anchor News. Thank you for tuning in uh, and I'm gonna catch you uh probably Friday. This Friday or Saturday I'll be back. And I'm out. Thank you.